Well, praise the Lord and good day to you and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas, and we're glad to have you with us today in this Bible study of 1 Peter. This will be our fourth, fourth session uh, in this uh, Bible study, and the Lord, I'm sure that he will open our eyes even more so, guide us into more truth, and reveal some great uh, opportunities today for us to take more steps in this great truth as he reveals his son even more so to us uh, in the days that we have left on this journey. And uh, it's such a privilege and an honor to be found sharing God's word with anybody, anywhere. And I'm just thankful to be one of the few uh, in these last few days who are really opening God's word and pointing to the true context of God's word, which is his son, Jesus Christ, who said the scriptures were about him, the volume of the book was written of him, and if we would search the scriptures and find life, it would be because we found him in the scriptures. He is the living word of God, and the Holy Spirit was sent to apply the written word of God to our hearts, the new covenant process, the new covenant experience, the Bible says, is God putting his words of life and liberty, his words into our hearts and writing them into our minds. And we've learned and are still learning that that process does not work. It does not take place if the blood of Jesus is not the ink, so to speak, that those words are being written, imparted into our hearts and minds. It takes faith in the cross, faith in the death, faith in the shed blood for the word of God to be able to be understood, first of all, and for the word of God as truth to be imparted into our hearts. And we need to know that. The new covenant, Jesus said, is in his blood. And the new covenant uh, allows the word of God, which was uh, just the, the law of a letter, of the letter, but now becomes the spirit of the letter. And through our faith in the sacrifice of Christ daily, not talking about the born-again experience again, although daily you'll feel like you're being born again all over again. I'm not referring back to the Christian's born-again experience. I'm talking about again today where I reckon myself to be dead indeed unto the sin nature and alive to my faithful God through faith in his faithful Son, my Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about... I'm talking about that process. I'm talking about uh, us realizing that we have to participate daily by faith in the death of Christ. That that's what the Holy Spirit turns us over to daily. If we're going to express the life, then we must be partaking by faith of the reality of our dying with Christ. And that will cause self to be pushed out of the way, denied, and then Christ can be glorified through, our, through what he's doing 
in our lives. Amen? So this is going to be a wonderful broadcast today. I already know it. Grab your Bibles, get your pencil and your paper, get ready to write a few things down today, and we will uh, we will just endeavor to hear from the Lord today. He is faithful to give us just what we need today, the bread of life, but we must receive it as broken bread. There's where we recognize our Lord and our Savior and what he's attempting to do in our lives. Let's look at 1 Peter, and let's just for the sake of backing up a verse and scratching our feet and getting ready to plow ahead, read verse 3 together this morning. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept, you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, I want and I pray the Lord show it to us very clear today, bringing much clarity into the situation. I know the Holy Spirit can do that, and I know he does that for us, and I pray that that happens today, that we see what I believe the Lord wants us to see, at least one of the things that I know the Lord wants us to see today, and that's his continual process of working in our lives, which is really our trusting in him becomes our working. And we'll see that in the scriptures today. No one works their way into heaven. No one works their way into Jesus Christ. But once into Jesus Christ, once in the body of Christ through faith in his work on Calvary's cross, then we find our opportunity to walk in the works, works, let's say it again clearly, works, uh, yes, we work. Uh, yes, it's by the Spirit of God, but we work, and we'll see it in the Word today. A lot of people said, you can't even talk about works. I'm sorry, we're going to talk about works, and we're going to see it in the Bible. Our faith in Christ finished work got us in the kingdom. Our faith in Christ's finished work on the cross allows us to now be led by the Spirit and to be found at work by the Spirit in the finished work, the fruit of the finished work of Christ in our lives works. Their works, yes, it's by the Holy Spirit, but it's through us. It's us by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit through us or us by the Holy Spirit. However you want to say it, both are scriptural as long as our trust is in the sacrifice of Christ because the Holy Spirit does not work outside that perimeter, Romans 8 and 2. Proverbs 33 and 4. The Holy Spirit was allowed to come and dwell in believers because of what Jesus did. The Holy Spirit is allowed to work daily in our lives because we 
still trust today in what Jesus did. We realize, admit, subject ourselves to the truth and the reality that my faith has to be there for the Holy Spirit who moved in when my faith was initially placed there to be able to continue that good work in me that he began. A lot of preachers quote Philippians 1, 6 about God is faithful to uh, continue that work, to finish that work that he wants to begin. But if you back up a verse in Philippians uh, chapter 1, you'll see that it was because Paul said he was confident of that because their fellowship was in the gospel. <laughs> That's, see, that, you got to know that. Not just because we keep getting together and have a fellowship and a social group. Our fellowship must be in the gospel. In that first chapter of Philippians also, we're to be found striving together for the faith of the gospel. When we get away from that, my friend, we're not really even in unity we're out of unity even though we're together. When we're out of that, we're, we're, we're Galatians chapter 5, we're, we're, we're not walking in a place anymore where the works are of the Holy Spirit. They're just of us and what we call good deeds and we say it's of God. We stamp the Holy Ghost on there. You've got to be careful in all that, my friend. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But what I want us to see today, and I know the Lord greater than I wants us to see this today, that what he does always has what we word maybe levels, going to another level. I don't really, I don't really like that word. I like what the Bible says. We go from this to that. We go from glory to glory. We go from faith to Faith. We go from grace to grace. And we'll see that process. And it's a beautiful process we'll see today in, in what we just read. Notice as we go back and read, and we'll start uh, in verse 3 again. And, and this time, now wait a minute, hold it, hold it, hold it. When we read through this, notice the different times it speaks of going from something to something. Let's look at it together today again in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto something, unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to something, to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you who were kept by the power of God through faith unto, there it is again, salvation. With God, it's always from where you are to where you need to be. And if you're walking with the Lord, you're going from to constantly. Don't you remember what it was like when you began to hear the message of the cross? And the Holy Spirit began to deal with you and you began to see some things you've never seen. And we still are seeing just about everything we see 
is things we've never seen before. Even scriptures we've quoted all our life, we're now seeing the true light of those scriptures because we're seeing God's word in its righteous context. That's so important that we know in Proverbs 8 and 8, all of God's words are in righteousness. And Psalms 37, 6 tells us that he's made our righteousness, which of course is in Christ. He's made our righteousness as the light. Well, he, he had to because all of his words are in righteousness and therefore his righteousness in Christ for us has become our light. Did you get that? But notice this. When God is doing something, it's always to bring us to a place of excelling, of gaining Christ. More of Christ in our lives. Excelling in the knowledge of Christ. Paul said, I'm counting everything dung. He didn't just say, I'm throwing it away. He said, man... He said, I'm counting it as dung. I'm, 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 I'm not looking back. I'm pressing ahead. When you begin to look at Calvary, when you begin to understand the cross of Christ and how it relates to your daily living, you are going to begin then to be pressing ahead for more of what that new covenant provided to you through the blood of Jesus, his suffering there for you, you're going to be after that. But you've got to learn it comes through that, not just the born-again experience, and we'll see that today, just as we see it in Galatians 5 and other places. Uh, Peter wrote we could go blind. Uh, Paul wrote we could, we could be cut off just like Israel in Romans 11. And, 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 and John wrote in Revelation to a couple of churches, if, if you repent and overcome, your names won't be blotted out of the, the book of life and, and all these things. And, and Paul wrote to Galatians and said, you, you've fallen from grace. You, Christ can no longer profit or affect you. Why? Because they weren't trusting in the cross, in the work of, of God in Christ Jesus through his death at Calvary. They went back to trusting in what they could do, the circumcising of their own flesh. They, they went back again to the feast and the holidays and trusting in this and that. And it works the same way today for us that just because we got saved doesn't mean that we're still functioning under grace. We have to be careful, and we'll see that confirmed in the scriptures today. So what, let's read it again. It's so beautiful if you have eyes to see and ears to hear the truth. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us, that's the born-again experience, uh, again, unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. Your inheritance that's incorruptible, that's not going away, that's undefiled, it's not going to fade away, it's being kept there for you. That's what the Bible says, reserved for you there in heaven. You who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Our fruit that our faith is genuinely biblical, meaning that it's in the death of Jesus, meaning that 
It's there again today. That's the object of our faith. That's our boast. That's what we're becoming more and more determined to know nothing other than that. And, and if that's the case, then God is teaching us his wonderful words of light and liberty and life and showing us why it is that his path of the just is shining more unto that perfect day. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. But these things that we have uh, uh, obviously a calling to participate in and a calling to understand and a, and a calling uh, to walk in this place where we're kept by the power of God through faith, we're not just kept. You can get that out of your mind, and we'll see. And we'll see it confirmed in Scripture. We're not just kept. We're kept through faith, and that faith, the Bible says, is unto salvation. If it's not the fruit of what Christ did at Calvary, then we're just calling it faith. Come on now, somebody, help me. But we need to understand these things. So let's talk a little bit this morning about this inheritance this that's incorruptible. It's undefiled, and it's not fading away. Nothing gets old where our inheritance is. But just as it's being kept there and reserved for us, we have the opportunity through faith of being kept here and preserved here until the end, Undo enduring unto the end of this race, again, through faith. You've got to keep your faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Uh, don't dare fall in to the deception, well, he's already died and we've gone beyond that now. That's, that's like saying the people in the Old Testament saying, well, he ain't come, I ain't got nothing to put my faith in. Oh, no. That, it was years and years and uh, decades and centuries and millennia before Jesus the Savior came. They still had to have their faith in the one that was coming who had not come. You and I, it's the same way today except turned around. He's already come, but because he's already come, died for us, was buried, resurrected, and ascended, doesn't mean that our faith doesn't have to be tied to Calvary's cross. It does. Because if anything God is doing today, if he's doing whatever it is God is doing today in and among his way of salvation, his way of the new covenant, it has to be through our faith in that what Christ did on the cross. Why? Because at the cross, Jesus became the ending of all things that he once began. There on Calvary's cross in his death, he didn't just end everything. He became the ending in his death. That's what the Bible says, that the iniquity of us all, that which caused us all to be dead in our sins and trespasses and separated from God, that iniquity of us all was placed upon him, and through his death, he pulled the curtain on everything prior. He pulled the curtain on all of it. He pulled the curtain on the devil, took his power of death away. He became the ending of everything he once began. And at the same time, he became the door 
the new beginning of all that God will ever do. All that God ever did before in his, among his covenant people was based on what he would do on the cross. You need to understand that. And all that he does under the new covenant among his covenant people will be based on their faith in what he did on the cross. Everything after the cross, our being buried with him, raised to newness of life with him, ascended with him, and seated with him in heavenly places now is all based on what we do with him as the Lamb of God. They're not praising him in heaven in Revelation chapter 5 as the resurrected lamb, the buried lamb, the ascended lamb. They're praising him as the lamb that was slain to redeem us from our sins. You need to understand that today. The focus of God, the magnificent beauty that God has ever seen among all of his creation is that what he did in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, on Calvary's cross uh, through the eternal spirit there on that one day in that time. You need to understand that's what God speaks through, works through, rewards through. That's what God does all that he does through is that which he became the ending of everything that he had never done Never done. He put an end to all of it by becoming the end of it. And you and I are a part of him becoming the new and everlasting beginning of all things really that God had ever done or will ever do based on the promise from before the foundation of the world of the lamb being slain. Hallelujah. Bible doesn't say the lamb was resurrected before the foundation of the world. The Bible says the lamb was slain. That is the focus, my friend. Watch this now. Let's get back to talking about this inheritance, these rewards this uh, that, that the Bible teaches, Jesus teaches us, that you and I are here with a responsibility as believers in Christ, those who trust in him as the slain, buried, resurrected Lamb of God and ascended. It's, there's a responsibility laid upon us that we lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven. Let's look at this today, how this in corruptible inheritance, undefiled inheritance that's not fading away but being reserved for us in heaven, we have a part to play in that. Jesus paid the price for all of it in his death. And if that's where we keep our faith daily, participating, co-participating in the death today again. We don't die again, my friend. We just believe that we already have died with him. And because we have died with him, we are dead with Christ and hidden in God. That's what the Bible says. That's a good dead. You need to understand that. We are dead. Colossians chapter 3 verse 3 tells us we are dead with Christ 
hidden in God. It's the only hiding place. Hallelujah. And you better stay there. But his work, his covenant provided to us, him raised from the dead, becoming the mediator of the new covenant, allows us to walk in the benefits of the new covenant, which is us being able to now, by his spirit, because of what he did at Calvary, and our faith remaining in that alone, our boast becoming in that more than ever alone in that, and our declaration and our determination being in that, to know that and nothing else, refusing all other things, the focus of, any, of anything else, the dependence upon anything else, will allow us to be found laying up treasures for ourselves, Jesus taught. And let's look at that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 20. Jesus said, but lay up for yourselves. This means be fruitful in what Jesus has provided in his death on Calvary's cross. Watch. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust can corrupt. We're reading this again. Peter wrote about it again, what Jesus taught. Let's finish. And where thieves do not break through nor steal. Thieves can't get in heaven where your inheritance is being reserved for you. Jesus taught, you got to lay it up. It's up to you to lay it up. It's up to you to keep your faith in what Jesus did to provide everything that you... It's already been bought and paid for. It's already available. It's already real whether you believe it or not. It just becomes the real experience inwardly here in this life when you do start believing it. He's all, you're, you're not called to lay anything up in heaven that Jesus hadn't already paid in full for. And the Bible says, and uh, Peter, I mean, I'm sorry, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and said, we've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God that we might know the things that God offers to us freely. They're free to us because Jesus has already paid for them. You're not working for anything that's not already been worked for, paid for, and finished. Done deal. Paid for, put on the table. It's there for you to participate, to receive it by faith, through faith in the sacrifice of Christ. <clears throat> and when you do, then you're walking in the works that you're ordained to walk in, which are only in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2 and 10. And when you do... Treasures are being laid up. You're not laying up cash in heaven. You're not laying up anything other than the fruit of your salvation. We're, we, we can't lay anything. We can't call anything really treasure in God's eyes. That's not the treasure of Christ, the treasure of our salvation, the treasure of made possible in Christ through his death. Hallelujah. You can't lay up cash. You can't lay up uh, uh, <coughs> women, men. You can't lay up houses. We leave in all that, thank God. We leave in all that. We're going to where Jesus is our treasure in heaven. He's the treasure of heaven, and we'll praise him as the lamb that was slain 
because he redeemed us from our sins. My good, is that what fills your heart and causes it to, to be full of joy? You got to keep. You got to remember what Jesus taught when the disciples went out and cast out devils, and He sent them to do that, and they did it, and they came back. Did you hear that? He sent them. They did it. That's us today. He sent them. They did it. They came back rejoicing over what they did. He said, "Oh, wait a minute. Just make sure your rejoicing is over that your names are written in the book of life in heaven." Did you get that? that? That's why we do everything we do. Because it's the fruit of Christ, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of Calvary. And any treasures we lay up is the treasure that we're participating in now through our faith in the one who is our exceedingly great reward, exceedingly great treasure more than we can imagine, the Son of God, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and what he's accomplished for us at Calvary. Anything we're calling treasure, we're laying up that's not coming through a specific co-participation today, every day in his death. is not. We're not laying up what we think we're laying up. I mean, Paul wrote about that also and, and said that uh, there's going to be a lot of things burn up. You, we're going we to scarcely make it in, but a lot of things going to be burned up because it wasn't true rewards. It wasn't the works of Christ in us through our faith in his finished. Let's say that again together. Finished work. One more time together. Just us. Come on. Finished work. Anything we're walking in is a benefit and a provision and a reward and a treasure of what Christ has already perfected and finished in his suffering and death on the tree. Hallelujah. Do you understand that Christ began his reign on Calvary's cross? <laughs> Hallelujah. When it appeared like he had no authority, when it appeared like he had been defeated, when it appeared like he wasn't really who he said he was, when it appeared obviously that the enemy had overcome him, he was reigning from the tree. Jesus Christ, the living Son of God, came from heaven and on the tree in suffering and death began his reign from the tree. Not when he got to heaven on the throne. He began his reign on the tree. The Bible says he took the power of death away from the devil in his death. Hebrews 2.14 Think about that. He tasted, he tasted death by the grace of God for all men. He tasted death by the grace of God for all men. It means that was the provision for all the grace of God for all men in his death. Did you get that? Jesus began to he began his reign. From the tree. I hope you know that. I can't help it. You've never heard that. But you need to hear it and you are hearing it today. And you can't renounce it. You can't refute it because you know it's biblically true. He was given a name above every name because of what he did in humility and obedience unto death on the cross. He's seated at the right hand of the Father right now. And you and I are there with him because we've been raised with him into heavenly places to be seated with him on his throne. And he's there. And you and I are there. 
as well as we're here, as well as we were crucified, buried, and raised with him, we're ascended with him, and all that is because of his humble obedience unto death for the forgiveness of our sins. He began his reign on the tree. The new covenant was cut on the tree by our new high priest, eternal great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. My goodness, I don't see even how we can go to bed and go to sleep at night if we'll be thinking about these things. I don't, I don't see how we could ever stop tapping our feet and hands together. If we're, if we're really thinking about what we have in our treasure, the Lord Jesus Christ. But Jesus taught that we're to lay up treasures for ourselves. You can't lay up treasure for me. Your mama can't lay up treasure for your children. Daddy can't lay up treasure for his wife. I have to lay up treasure for myself. And that simply happens through my faith in what God calls His treasure. His treasure is what His Son became for us on Calvary's cross. How do we know that's the most beautiful and magnificent work God has ever performed and declared? How do we know that? Because that is what he says, he's making his new creation, his people, conformable to. That's what we're being made conformable to, the death of Jesus. Because it was in his death, God saw that perfect humility, that perfect obedience, that no self involved. Hallelujah. Now, now that sounds good, don't it? No self Involved. He was depending on his heavenly Father who judges righteously. That's why he didn't revile back, 1 Peter uh, uh, 2.23. That's why he didn't fight back, argue back, revile back when he was suffering because that would have been of self. The Father saw perfect humility, perfect obedience. He saw his Son laying his life down as a spotless lamb without blemish, a sinless sacrifice for the sins of all of humanity. And God, our Heavenly Father, says that is the beginning of my new creation, my eternal creation. That is the beginning, the new and everlasting beginning of my creation that will be forever. And that is why we're being made conformable into Christ's death. Not a bloody, gory mess hanging on a tree, but that which God saw, that image that God saw that 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us as we behold that glory. We're changed into that same image by the Spirit of God going from Glory to glory. Hallelujah. Aren't you excited today? Aren't you realizing how blessed you are for the Lord to have brought you back to your first love and to keep you there, be preserving you there? Hallelujah, at the foot of the cross. Glory be to God. Let's move on through this today. My goodness, you, you just get tickled like, oh my goodness, you just get excited like somebody bringing you a glass of water and you hadn't had a drink in three or four days and you just can't believe, uh, you can't believe it's, it's too good. It can't be real. It, but it is. 
It's far beyond what we call real and true. It's everlasting. Oh, how beautiful the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the plan of God, what God brings us from and to each and every day if we're willing to be led by the Spirit into more truth. Watch this now. Let's read it again before we move on to a a deeper, hopefully deeper understanding of this inheritance that's laid up and reserved for us in heaven. Watch. Matthew 6 and 20, one more time before I, I add to it. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust can corrupt. And where thieves do not break through or steal. Now, I want to read also 2 John chapter 1, verse 8. Write that down, if you will. Make sure you look at it later if you don't have your Bible in your lap. I know some of you are working, driving, whatever the case may be. But 2 John chapter 1, verse 8. Look to yourselves. Remember? Lay up for yourselves. Here John writes, look to yourselves. That means pay attention to what you're doing. Don't just think you are or say you are. Look to yourselves. Pay attention to what you're doing. We can say things nonchalantly. We can think things nonchalantly. But John says, pay attention. Look to yourselves. Check yourselves. Watch that we lose not those things which we've wrought, meaning worked for. We're talking about rewards. Not talking about being saved because you can't work your way into salvation, but you can do the works of the Lord. Remember what Jesus said when they gathered around him and, and asked him, what must we do to do the works of God? What did Jesus say? To believe on the one he sent. So our works, the works of God we experience carried out in our lives through faith by the Holy Spirit is is when we're trusting in the death of Jesus. Not just because we're born again. The church in Galatia realized that they were told by Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul, Christ can't profit you or affect you where where you're walking now. You've fallen from grace. didn't mean they lost their soul. It means they weren't functioning under grace anymore. And Christ only functions under grace. He doesn't function under law. He doesn't function based on what we do, but rather our faith in what he did on the cross. And if that's where we walk, then we will not be found losing those things we've worked for to lay up but we will receive the full reward. Now watch, let's read it again because we see here as John wrote this, there is a possibility that we will not lay up rewards for ourselves. There is a possibility that we will quit midway through and be drawn away through the lust of our own flesh to things other than the death and the focus of the cross of Christ and lose our full reward. Let's read it together today. Again, 2 John chapter 1, verse 8. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, that we've worked for up to this point, the treasures we've laid up up to this point, but that you receive a 
full reward. A full reward. All Christians are going to receive just by being there with the Lord in heaven is going to be beyond imagination. We can't fathom that. But there are rewards that you and I can lay up, but those rewards we already have laid up, the Bible says we can lose them. We can lose them if we don't continually look to ourselves and the way we properly look to ourselves is by seeing what happened to ourselves with Christ on Calvary's cross because only through that faith today again today can we experience the newness of what God is doing. Remember, He only works in our lives through our faith in the sacrifice of Christ because there's not one thing that God does under the new covenant that's not participating through faith in what the, where the new covenant is found and that's in the blood of Jesus. My goodness, this is good today. This has got me on the inside leaping with joy. I hope it has you. Look to yourselves. How do I look to myself? I make sure that myself is where I should be walking in the works that have already been finished. And they were finished at Calvary, so I've got to be tied into Calvary. And I can't just say, well, I, I was born again 40 years ago. No, today, listen to that scripture in Romans chapter 6, verse 11. Reckon ye therefore yourselves to be. To be is now. That, that, that's now. To be. Dead already. Account it to your account. Reckon it to your account to be. This is something that's up here. It's not back here. It's pulled around to the front desk. I, I call this the warehouse and this the front desk. <laughs> There's a lot of things that can be in the warehouse, but you got to have Jesus and what he did on, on Calvary's cross right here on this front desk every day. Don't listen to those people that tell you, you don't. You got to reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto the sin nature and alive unto God through the Lord Jesus Christ. The, 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 the life we live now in this flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. That's the faith we live by, my friend. If it's not faith in the sacrifice of Christ today, conscious of that, then we're really not looking unto ourselves. We need to look unto ourselves that we don't lose those things we've already worked for. This means laying up treasures, those hard times we've endured because of our faith in the sacrifice, those other things we've endured, those trials, those temptations that the Lord has brought us through, those, those works, those ministering to, to the saints of God and, and, and those treasures that are laid up because you, you, you taught your children the, th the admonition of the Lord. You, you, you've, 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 you've been found by the Spirit of God through faith in the sacrifice, obedient to God in your condition here and those things receive rewards laying up rewards if 
It's based on our faith in the sacrifice. And that is a co-participation in the death of Jesus. That we might express and experience and express the life of Jesus. That's what Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. Now let's, let's look at another scripture. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. Now these scriptures, they're not really going to help any of those people that think you can't throw your salvation away. You can't, you can't ever be cut off. Your name can't be blotted out of the book of life when the Bible surely says all those things. This teaching's not going to help them unless they're willing to let go of what man has tried to put in their heart and just let the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, put the truth into their heart. Now, I want to say today that in 1994, the Lord... As, as a Baptist boy, ne never even having heard of, at this point, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So the Lord can speak to those who are saved and, and never have even been filled with the Spirit of God. And he told me, don't listen to men, just trust my word. Don't listen to men, just trust my word. And whatever I thought that meant... I really didn't know the fullness at, or even close to it what it meant because I would find myself listening to men using the word of God but listening to them and their thoughts about the word of God. And that happened for 10 years. In 2004, when I really began to listen to ministers ministering on the message of the cross, Sun Life Radio, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I, I, we listened to that radio station, and, and I really didn't want to. You've heard my testimony. I didn't like listening to it because it was going against uh, everything that I'd been taught over the past seven or eight years, the spirit-filled life, which there is a spirit-filled life. Hallelujah. But I found myself listening to men, and when you listen to men and not just stick with the Word of God, you, you're not going to be able to walk with the Lord. You, you're not going to be able to do that. And the Lord began to show me how the cross of Christ is His answer for everything. His avenue of provision for everything. His only avenue of us being allowed to boast in that alone. His, his only avenue of giving life initially, uh, preserving life daily. His everything to Him is about what he did in his son on the cross that day. Everything from before the foundation of the world to this point today throughout all eternity among his covenant people will be based upon what he did in that one day. And so in 2005, if I could say it this way, I bought into the message of the cross. That's what I bought into. That's what I gave myself to. That's, that's what I subjected myself to. I didn't subject myself to a ministry somewhere else. I, I didn't subject myself. I didn't buy into anything other than the message of the cross. And through faith in this great truth, this great message of power, the Lord has brought me a mighty long way. I see the way is a long way to go. 
but he's brought me a mighty long way. But I was reminded by my Lord, don't listen to men. Don't follow men, just my word. And the Lord has revealed to me more so than ever before what he really meant by that. And learning the message of the cross, showing me it is all that his focus is upon among his covenant people. That I cannot follow anybody who's not preaching this message. I cannot follow them. Listening to them would only be a distraction for me. And I believe it's that same way for all of God's people. We, we don't follow men unless they're following Christ. And they're not following Christ because they say they are or they think they are. They're following Him based on the requirements Jesus laid out if they're denying self and taking up their cross. And the secret of the Lord is with those that fear Him and He shows them His covenant. Psalms 25, 14. And those he is showing, he is showing, not having, those he is showing his covenant are preaching his covenant. They're not throwing the word covenant or cross in it every once in a while. They're preaching the, the covenant of the cross, the cross of Christ. They're preaching it. It's in the whole Bible. It, everything in the Bible points to it or it's man doing the pointing. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you know that? Aren't you glad the Lord's brought you from where you are to where you are, knowing that He's going to take you further? He's going to excel you further in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and the provision that He offers you daily through His death and your faith in that daily. Let's read Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. For God is not unrighteous, to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed. We're talking about laying up treasures in heaven. We're talking about our inheritance being reserved for us there. The only thing that can, can, can remove it is you and me. The only thing that can remove it is you and me. Quitting. And a lot of folks have quit, but they're still in church every week. A lot of folks have quit, but they're still in the Bible. A lot of folks have quit, but they're still singing specials in the choir, leading, praise and worship, on the praise and worship. They've quit. How do you quit? You quit when you stop trusting in, focusing on, depending exclusively on the death of Jesus Christ. That's when you've quit. People, people say, well, they got out of church, they quit. No, they'd already quit before that because everybody clinging to Calvary's cross not going to get out. They're not going to get out of the assembling together of themselves. No, sir, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Where there's a church preaching this message, those hungry for this message, they're going to be planted there if they can get there. Hallelujah. Everybody else? God is not unrighteous. To forget your work and labor of love. Be very careful. Watch closely. Look to yourselves as you read this. Which you have showed toward his name. See, it's always about his name. And that name was exalted because of what he did at Calvary. Don't forget that. You can't ever get away from Calvary. If you do, the reality 
And the experience of everything after Calvary cannot be there for you. What does that mean? That means throne authority, resurrection life and power, hidden in his death, not going to be experienced for you here in this journey without you being one with him, with him, through your faith and being crucified with him. Not dying every day, but your faith being in his death every day. Remembering that you did die with him. And that you are dead with him, hidden in God. Colossians 3 and 3 again. Let's read this again. Try to make it through it. Watch very carefully the wording here. Look to yourselves. Don't look out and wonder about what well, Because that's what we do when the flesh is trying to control and dominate. We'll look out and find us a group of people where the flesh is dominating them too. And then we'll feel good because we got a bunch of numbers. Let me tell you something. There wasn't but eight on the ark. That majority out there that felt good about what they preached and what they thought and what they said, that God loves us too. He's not going to God that created He's not going to wash us away. The majority never been right. It's always been that few that Jesus said would find that narrow way. Let's read this again. Hebrews 6 and 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister to the saints. We're being kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. I hope you're getting this today. Because what's been laid up for you, that inheritance Peter wrote about that's incorruptible, undefiled, and it won't fade away, but we can lose it. The Bible says we can lose a full, our full reward. Everybody's going to be rewarded when they get to heaven. Everybody's going to be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. But a lot of rewards are going to be lost. My friend... Come back to Calvary. It's your first love. It's the place you saw for the very first time in your life that God really did love you enough to do something to keep you from going to hell. He did something for you instead of you by giving His Son on Calvary's cross to die for you in your place so that you could be forgiven of your sins and delivered daily from your sins and to be found walking in the works that are ordained for you to walk in in Christ Jesus. That's Ephesians 2 and 10. Come back to the cross where you don't have to wonder and not be sure. There's assurance and quietness of soul, the Bible says in Isaiah 32 and 17, if our faith is in that which Christ worked called righteousness on the cross. And you can be found laying up treasures for yourself daily because the benefits are offered daily because Jesus died for us in our place, defeated the enemy, delivered us from the enemy's grip, 
And now Luke chapter 1 verses 74 and 75 says that we can every day of our lives serve God in righteousness and true holiness without fear. Without fear. That's been provided to us. That's been given to us, offered for us daily. And what we have in heaven, the only way those rewards that we've worked for will be there and that we won't lose is if we endure to the end, that we keep going, we keep boasting in nothing but the cross, determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Doesn't matter what else is going on, whoever else is doing whatever, don't look to them. Look to yourselves, the Bible says. Look to yourselves. Isn't that what we read? Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have worked for, but that we receive a full reward. There will be no pointing and blaming anybody about anything at the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment. Though there are many deceivers, and if you read what John wrote there, when he talked about look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, we've worked for, so that we'll receive a full reward. If you look at the scriptures that surround that one Bible verse, you'll see it's because deceivers are everywhere. That's what it says. Deceivers and the spirit of Antichrist is everywhere. And they're at work. But we won't be able to blame them. Look to yourselves because in the heart it's where we believe unto the righteousness of God, which is the work of Christ at Calvary every day. Denying self, taking up the cross to follow and magnify and to glorify our Savior and our Heavenly Father, or we're glorifying self, self-corruption, self-destruction. And Though we might make it to heaven, the rewards could have been more if we endure to the end, to the saving of our souls, Hebrews wrote. So let's make sure that we look to ourselves. Don't examine others to see if you're okay. Look to yourself. Examine yourself. Is your faith still in Christ and Him crucified? I'm not, I'm not referring back to your born-again experience, but I am referring back to what you believed in your born-again experience. That's what you have to be believing Every day that Jesus died for you to save you from your sins. Have you learned the other part of that? That you died with him? You were put away, buried, raised up to newness of life with him. Even ascended with him on the throne. Have you learned that part? Have you learned how to live in victory? through co-participation by faith daily in that death. Jesus taught it in Luke 9, 23. Luke 14, 26, and 27. Jesus taught it. The Bible teaches it all throughout the Bible. And we must fight the good fight of faith laying hold on this eternal life that we've been given. I hope you've been encouraged and blessed today. I hope that the Holy Spirit has been able to impart truth into your heart. I also hope that you would continue 
to join us every Friday morning on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis for just gathering around God's Word and learning the truth of God's Word in its righteous context so that we might be found on that only path which our God leads, the path of righteousness, and He causes it to be brighter. Proverbs 4.18, more and more brighter as that perfect day approaches. I sure love you, and I appreciate you. Share these messages on your social media pages. Help us get the word out. Help us be publishers of God's word. Don't be ashamed of God's word. Don't be ashamed of the messengers of God's word. Share the word of God. I believe if you have a love of the truth, you'll do that. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a part of this ministry prayerfully, or giving offering unto the Lord through this ministry, you can do that and pray for us anytime, anywhere. But you can give financially this ministry through the avenues of the website, for one, thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Make sure you're giving to the ministry that God has you planted, whether you're there physically or you're planted there through media. You're planted. You're planted. Planted in a local church where it pleases God to place you. That's what the Bible says. Where you're learning the Word of God in the context of the living Word of God and what He did on the cross as the Lamb of God. There you will find the blessing of your giving, the blessing of your participation in that which is of God. Well, I'll see you Sunday morning at 10 a.m. live on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page and the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. God bless you. We love you. Until I see you next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then. God bless you.